Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Brendan with Evoke Bike. So I got an interesting submission from the website asking about the percent of weekly time in various zones, depending on whether this athlete is in base or build. Interesting question. She asks, hey, Brendan, congrats on the channel and the blog. I'm really enjoying it. In case this info is somebody are in case this info is already somewhere in your literature, please point me in the right direction. I'm training 20 hours a week roughly and would be very much interested in knowing if there is a quote unquote ideal suggested weekly percentage of A, sweet spot, B, lactate threshold, and C, VO2 max in various periodization blocks. Her periodization blocks are number one, base, number two, build number one, where she typically focuses on sweet spot and lactate threshold here with a second priority on VO2 max. And then number three is her build number two. So typically focusing on VO2 max here and the second priority is lactate threshold and VO2 max. So I don't know if there's a focus on VO2 max, number one, I don't think a second priority should be VO2 max because that is a lot of VO2 max. So just to recap, her number one is base, her number two and three are builds with the first one being sweet spot and lactate threshold priority, then VO2 max. The second one we'll just say is VO2 max priority and secondary is lactate threshold. Many thanks. So if you've listened to this podcast before or any of the other information I put out there, this is really not an answerable question. That would be a very cookie cutter response back to her. And let's ask, why can't we give her a response? I don't know her at all. I don't know anything about her strengths. I don't know her weaknesses. I don't know her events. In order to give her a reasonable recommendation, I need to know so much more about her. That all being said though, if we wanna talk in generalizations, I told her this. Number one, I don't prescribe much sweet spot. There's a point during the base period when there's a week or two where athletes are doing like low threshold, high tempo riding, AKA the marketed term sweet spot. At that point, we do some of that, but that doesn't really provide the adaptations that most cyclists need. It's a good, it's good at getting us tired. It's good at putting out KJs, but a lot of it is just making us think like we're working out. I really think once you're past base, I would never do it past base. At that point, when you're building, you're doing much more specific intervals, and we'll get into that in a second. Threshold. I don't really ride or prescribe much steady state threshold, or we could call that lactate tolerance, because that's what you're doing at threshold, right? You're trying to tolerate the lactate, and while you're clearing it, you know, you're you're the literature says, and this is going to be different for everybody, you know, that the most lactate is cleared at 80 to 90%. So if you're riding sweet spot or you're riding 95, 98%, not only are you not creating a lot, you're, well, you're creating it, but you're just riding that balancing point. It's not like you're creating a ton and forcing your, your body to clear it. So that being said, why not do an over under where you're doing just that create a lot of lactate make your body clear it then when you're in a race or you're riding at threshold you're going to be much more efficient at clearing that lactate that being said i think there's a mental aspect of riding at ftp but i would more say make it realistic go do ftp stuff on a climb if you have them or a time trial where you know in even in a tt you're not going to be say your threshold's 300 you're not gonna be able to hold it just at 300. 
And I truly believe after doing way more over-unders this year than I've done before, that if my threshold was 300, when I, I'll just use my number. Mine's about 415. So if I'm saying, okay, I'm gonna go out, I'm gonna try and pin 405 to 415, you're not right at that number. You're at like 430, 406, 437. You know, it's not perfect, especially if you're on a rolling course with climbs. I've noticed that even if I catch myself going 460, coming back down, it's just much easier to handle. Like my clearance has definitely improved from doing more over-unders than riding at steady state wattages. Now, the thing that athletes do struggle with, it's much harder to gauge improvement. Myself in the same boat. I was curious how these were working until I started doing some climbs and averaging like 410, 420 for 15, 20, 30 minutes was, I wasn't even going full blast. And before those definitely would have been harder for me. Um, It's if an athlete doesn't have that type of terrain or they're not racing events like that, or if it just doesn't naturally come up in their power distribution on particular weekend rides, let's say, it's really hard to show improvement. Whereas if you have them do four by tens, you can see like, hey, number four was easier anecdotally, or hey, two weeks ago, I couldn't, I could only do three, and this time I did 3.75 of them, you know? So, yeah, you got to talk to the athlete about that and understand like you might be working in your physiology, but it's hard to tease out exactly if you're getting better because are you always testing those numbers? This goes back to like Cody's, um, Cody Stevenson's podcast where it's like there's so many metrics and sometimes you're working on things that make you a better cyclist, but there's no metric to show it or how to, you know, repeatability. So hard to show in the metrics. Digressing now. Um, and then I said to her, I like her VO2 max distribution in regards to base and build said differently in base. She's not doing much VO2 max. I don't think you need to do it. Do it once every other week. Maybe even that I, I don't even know if you, I'm still not sold that you need to go hard over winter. Um, yeah, I just don't, you don't need to be humming. <laughs> And then in the build blocks, I like it. I think VO2 max is important, but you don't need to do a ton of it. Um, It is fatiguing. I think it's good. Definitely need to do it before, you know, a race block, but it depends where her build is. Is her build, you know, before a bunch of lower priority races? There's just a lot of questions that we don't know the answers to, but trying to give a general response. Now, the plug, I said, hey, if you want more specific guidance, I've attached Craig who will give you a free power file analysis. I'm going to put the link in because some people are like, why is this free? This is free because number one, this whole company, before we even talk about Evoke Bike, I started cycling to get healthier. I got into racing kind of accidentally through a friend, shout out Josh Keefe. Evoke Bike started as us just sharing our experiences. And I would love to give back to cycling because cycling has one billion percent changed my life. I would be a, I would be way less proud of myself than if I wasn't a cyclist, never found road cycling. Who knows what I'd be doing, but I I just love what my life, how this helps guide my life. Um, Not to get too deep with you, but hey, this is part of the story. And then as Patrick and I started this up, 
I'd always said, hey, I think our number one goal in anything that we put out should be, is this actually gonna help somebody? And so if somebody contacts us, I don't care if you're not looking to get coached, I'd love to help you. Um, I think when I was growing my medical device business, I noticed some of the best work, foundational work that I ever did was free. Meaning I would be quote unquote working, but not making commissions or not getting paid. I'd be trying to build relationships. I might ask a surgeon if I can come and do his OR and learn and like other reps are like, what the hell is this guy doing here? And I wasn't just always about the sale. And then it's like, okay, how can I turn this into providing value for people? And so, yeah, we are growing a coaching business. This is how I eat. This is how I help support my family. This is how the other coaches support their family. Most of us are full-time. And so, yes, <laughs> I, I do not hide the fact that we are here to make money as coaches, but every coach, before they came on board, I said, hey, I really want you to be on board with the idea of helping people for free because everybody can't afford coaching. Number two, other people aren't sure if coaching is for them. So I would love to have them just engage and get a quick glimpse of like, this is what we're gonna do for you for free. Yeah, imagine what we do when you actually pay us and you're part of the Evoke family. But also, I do understand and I get the comment very often that people had a bad experience with coaching and I understand that templates ruin the world. They know nothing about you. There are coaches out there and not knocking coaches. I'm, I'm relating to another athlete situation where they have just been templated to death. There's no feedback and that to them, that's what they learn is coaching. And that is not coaching, that is poor coaching. So that's why the power file analysis exists. Um, we want to help you. We're happy to take time with you to understand you and give you this. And you know what? You can take the information on your way and, and get faster. That is awesome. The only thing that I would ask that has happened, it doesn't happen often. Do not ghost us. Do not get a power file analysis and not tell us how it was or say, hey, thanks. That does irk me. I don't get irritated by much, but like we're literally trying to help you and that's happened a few times and I really dislike that you know who you are shame on you that's that's not cool so without being uh the schoolmaster that's how I would look at weekly time in various zones there's really no cookie cutter thing I would say this my last point um overall Go look at your time in zone for active recovery. Make sure most of your time is endurance followed by tempo and then threshold. And this is using classic zones. I like classic zones. I don't think we need 40 zones. And then look at VO2 max and uh, neuromuscular power. Like depending on your events and the type of cyclist you are, for the most part, it should be, you know, the most endurance, then tempo, zone four, five, six. Five and six can sometimes be similar. Um, and I might even start looking at percentages. It's like between one and 5%, I think, last time I looked at a bunch of athletes, or one and 4%. I can't, don't quote me on that. But anyways, um, yeah. So I would say less sweet spot, more specific work to focus on threshold, improvements, not just power at threshold, and then VO2 max, depending on your races, what you're good at, what you're bad at. Remember what Robin Carpenter said. He's like, I don't train too much VO2 max. I said, Robin, is that because you're naturally good at that? He's like, ah, good point, yeah. Probably. So it depends athlete to athlete. I always, whenever I ask Patrick a question, he's like, well, it depends, right? And I'm like, oh, I know, I hate that. I want the quick answer too, but it usually takes a little bit more work to get to the answer. Okay, this one was long. I got chatty. 
See ya.